0: the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host Chris Ward and I'm extremely excited to share this week's episode. Uh I got as soon as I got done talking to Madi, our guest this week, uh I just told her I'm like you are a natural at podcasting, you're a natural at storytelling and inspiring others. So, uh I hope you guys enjoy the episode. She's so positive and her energy really comes through. And hopefully you can use it to energize yourself in your own goals. Um, Madi is an ultra runner and outdoor enthusiast slash badass athlete out of the Pacific Northwest. And she's done all sorts of things. She spends her time climbing mountains, skiing, trail running, climbing, already said climbing stuff. She climbs more stuff (laughs) Um, is basically what you imagine when you think of mountain athlete. Uh, And she totally represents that. Just a person who loves being being in the wilderness. Um, The message I want you to take away from the podcast. I mean, she has a whole bunch of different messages, but um, I think the one that I found to be really powerful for me was the idea of resilience And the idea of persistence at a goal. So without getting too much in the story, because you're about to listen to it, um, she set a goal to run a 100-miler. And it was a very important goal to her in her life. And she spent... She DNF'd four times. She did not finish four times. Uh, Different obstacles kept popping up. And she at that time just couldn't power through. And we've all been there. We've all had certain parts of our goals that aren't going exactly as planned or maybe the goal isn't as easy to accomplish as you first thought. Or even, you know, this happens sometimes where you're you're like this should be this shouldn't be that hard, even though for a 100-miler obviously that's going to be ridiculously hard. But I'm just thinking like sometimes just in our day-to-day we're trying to do something that you're like, no, this, this is going to be easy. This is going to be like an everyday normal routine. And then all of a sudden, like out of left field comes some sort of unexpected obstacle or unexpected adversity that now you have to overcome. And the message here is that you shouldn't give up on that goal. You should not, you shouldn't let just things that come out of left field or obstacles or certain pains that arise, you shouldn't let that completely throw you off your goal and make you just quit it altogether. And Maudie's story of resilience and persistence is absolutely amazing in that sense. So I hope you guys really enjoy that. I hope you take away, um, take that lesson away out of everything she talks about because you know, a lot of us are working towards big goals in our life, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be athletic. And there are times where it gets frustrating and you want to just give it up completely and say and say these words, the worst words ever, where you're just like, I will never fill in the blank. Because I'm sure she had moments where she thought, I will never run a 100 miles, even though that was the goal. And eventually using hard work and consistency and the lessons you learn along the way through failure you will be able to accomplish that so so yeah i think that's extremely powerful for anyone to learn uh she also talks about kind of like a learning how to suffer mindset and how she had to build that through four dnfs of a 100 miler before she was able to actually accomplish one so so yeah Great story. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. If you like this, head over to iTunes. Go to Like a Bigfoot podcast or Like a Bigfoot on iTunes and subscribe. If this is your first time listening, just go back, look through our previous guests, and I promise you'll find somebody that connects with you. We're all about just a kind of a wide range of outdoor adventures, Um, not just ultra running. Lately, it's been about ultra running because I'm training for... Uh, something that's definitely outside my comfort zone. Um, so there's been a lot of that, but you can go back. There's everything from bike packing to, uh, hiking the Appalachian trail, Pacific crest trail, uh, doing iron man's climbing Mount Everest and going to Antarctica, all sorts of crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys like that. So feel free to subscribe on iTunes and all that fun stuff. All right, cool. Let's get in the conversation. Um, once again, Maudie, thank you so much for for coming on the show. I really, really enjoyed the enjoyed talking to you. It was it was pretty awesome. So, all right, here we go. Episode number ninety of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Maudie Jordan. All right, guys. Uh, I want to. See and that's the Maddie and I were just talking about like When you sound weird on an audio recording of yourself And I know consciously I know that I always start the podcast by saying Alright guys And uh But I still do it <laughs> <laughs> oh. So welcome to the show Maddie. Uh <laughs> I uh I wanted to chat with you because I read this, like, really cool race review, this really cool blog you wrote for Trail Sisters, um, yeah. and then I realized that, you know, Richard, your boyfriend, was just on the show.
1: Yes, he was, and I was actually in the car
0: while you were talking to him. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> at one point you, you said something, and I was like, oh, man, I wish you'd just, like, bring her into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I remember he had said something and I was like, Nope, you're leaving out a really important part and I just like <laughs> chirped in I was like, Oh but
0: yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Let's uh I kinda sent you kind of an idea of some of the things I kinda wanna just pick your brain about today. Um mm-hmm. You seem to be not only an ultra runner and we feature a lot of ultra runners on here, but you seem to be kind of an all around adventurer. Um yeah. I wanna hear about your background. Like how did you get into that?
1: Well, I number one, like didn't like to run when I was a kid and I played like defense and soccer, so I'd like be able to run less. Um I avoided a lot of athletic things. Um, and then I moved out to Washington and I had already started trail running, uh, because, and I kind of mentioned this in another podcast I did. Um, so I'll just hit on it briefly, but, uh, my brother passed away and I needed a healthier outlet. And so I started trail running and ultra running and it, um, just really changed my life. And so I moved out to Washington, and then I discovered mountain running. And I was like, wow, this is amazing, Uh, running around Mount Rainier and Mount Baker and Glacier. And, yeah, it just took my breath away. And then I started realizing, like, oh, there's things like rock climbing and mountaineering and ski mountaineering. And uh, it just opened up a realm of possibilities, and it kind of took off from there. And then also meeting my partner, um... Richard, uh, he is a really big encourager of me being adventurous. So he, we like to plan a lot of things together. So yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. What, what was it that drew you to trail running? Like what, like that specifically, because you know, a lot of people would go hiking or camping or things like that, but what made you kind of want to get into actually like running the trails?
1: Um, kind of like how far you can go and how quickly you can go. Um, I actually despise hiking. Like yeah. I I hate it with every five <laughs> of my being. <laughs> like the that- The thought of just, like, putting a huge backpack on and hiking forever, like, I have friends who are going to be starting the PCT soon here, um, and I'm just, like, in awe of them because I was like, I could not do something like that for that long at that speed. I would literally mentally go insane. But, um, so the draw to trail running was just merely, like, being able to get somewhere quickly and efficiently, uh, and also, like, the type of pain you kind of push yourself through when you do it. I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah. And that's something if people aren't ultra runners, they it's hard for them to connect to or not just ultra runners, but just athletes in general. Like you Mm -hmm. do go through quite a bit of of pain and it's something that you actually embrace and look forward to.
1: Yep. Totally.
0: Yeah. So that's that's hilarious. I'm actually about to talk to someone uh, who's about to start the PCT and. I'm the I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I do enjoy hiking, but I can't, I can't fathom waking up and just that's all you do for five months.
1: Yeah, it's that's just like to me like that type of mentality. Like they have a strong like mental like willpower. I. I would break like I'm planning on doing Aconcagua uh, next December, climbing it. It's kind of newer in the fold um, for adventure that's up my sleeve, but um, they were talking about like, it may be three weeks for us to be able to climb it. And the idea of that, I'm like, Oh, three weeks <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to like get my head around that because like we've done um rainier climbs but it's like two days you know it's yeah. so not like oh my god three whole weeks on a mountain just slowly pushing up like whew. so i'm kind of excited to like tap into that type of mentality and i'm gonna see like how i do and but yeah, I'm always so impressed by through hikers because like my girlfriend, Heather Anish is, um, hiking, uh, I think, uh, the Appalachian trail right now, the AT and, um, she's, she is a beast. Like she holds a ton of records and she just amazes me and she just continually stays out there and gets after it day after day after day. So, yeah.
0: so you're like, if she can do that, like three weeks is going to be no big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of that's what I have in the back of my mind like all right I need to suck it up like don't be a baby like Heather does this for months of her life and she does multiple trails during the year it's crazy
0: yeah wow so can, like get can we get into Aconcagua I can't even say it a- Acon- Aconcagua. damn okay so first challenge is learning how to pronounce it
1: yeah. you, you pass the well, test <laughs> it's It's kind of a hard name to say. Um, That's just kind of something newer. A girlfriend um, invited me on a trip with a few of her friends who guide and, um, Yeah, it's kind of, it's all, like, in the first, like, preliminary stages, and I finally just blocked off time at work, so I'm kind of like, well, we're committing, and then in June, we're all getting together, who's going to be on our team, and we're buying tickets, so once that happens, then it's, like, fully sealed, but it's, so it's just kind of in, like, the baby steps right now of planning, and, um, but yeah, uh, but for more like definitive plan of things, I'm kind of doing. I do have. Um, I'm going to do a self-supported, or well, an unsupported. I, I'm going to be supporting myself. <laughs> whatever. There's a, those definitions are always so tricky, and people are such ticklers about them. I always kind of like hate even saying that. Totally. It's like, ugh, just opens up this whole realm of nitpicking. Yeah. Um, which I'm just like, ugh, I just want to do this thing and feel that sense of accomplishment. So whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna do um the Wonderland Trail this summer, and it's awesome. kind of been something in the back of my mind for the last two years and I'm like ready I feel like I'm like I'm gonna train really hard this summer and I'm gonna take it on and do it
0: yeah that's so, the one that goes around Rainier right
1: mm-hmm, yep it's 93 miles and a ton of elevation gain <laughs> so but yeah I did Cascade Crest 100 last year and I was like okay that's pretty similar um and it's like if I can you know hack that and I and I ran Cascade Crest with a really bad bout of anemia and I was like "Uh, if I can do that and get through a mental fortitude of that and be healthy and train really well for the Wonderland I think I'll be good so yeah yeah.
0: what's running with anemia like
1: oh horrible (laughs) horrible my heart goes out to everyone who's experienced it um yeah it's Basically, I felt the realm of emotions and feelings. It was terrible. Like, I would get, like, nausea. I wouldn't want to eat. The fatigue is so extreme. Like, I would be running, and I would honestly want to fall asleep on my feet because I just feel so tired. Like, I'd even be on a 10-mile run training before this race, and I'd be like... Lifting one leg, you know, after the other up, it just feels like I've already ran 100 miles. So, yeah, it was not fun. But I got that all straightened out with lots of iron supplements. Nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How do you even like, how did you even find out? Did you just go to the doctor and say like, hey, I don't feel like myself right now.
1: Well, so what happened is Dick and I, um, my boyfriend Dick, Richard, um, that we talked about earlier for people who are listening, uh, we try to do date nights where we donate blood as part of it, you know, just like a good way to, like, give back to people because, like, there is a really high critical need for blood, Um, and so I gave blood, and they had, like, a really hard time, and I normally never do, like, even getting enough of um, a sample, and so I like the next few days, I just felt terrible, and I couldn't even like walk up the stairs and stuff, and wasn't feeling well. And I had kind of been feeling sluggish prior, but I thought it was just like the extreme amount of training I was doing. You know, you kind of go through that phase of like you're when you're re-entering a training cycle, you kind of feel like crap for a little while. So I was like, mm, maybe it's just that. Um, but yeah, when I was really sluggish after giving blood, I went to the doctor and. They were like, wow, your ferritin level is at like seven, which is, means, like, basically means it's not good. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, started eating really well and then taking supplements. I was like, getting shots of iron, actually. And um, it takes a long time for it to get replenished um, in your system. So, by the time I actually was running Cascade, I still wasn't where I needed to be. So it was pretty brutal But now I've run a um, hundred since then And since having my iron levels back up And I feel amazing Like I have endless energy It feels awesome
0: That's awesome First of uh-huh. all, I have to say When you first said that you and Dick give uh, give blood on date nights My first response was like, <laughs> aww Like that's awesome And then my second response was That's the most hardcore badass date night Like way to start date night, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's a, it's a fun way to get it done. Cause you know, it's, it takes a little bit of time out of your day to actually go give blood. And so it was kind of a way of like keeping us like, um, keeping us like true to ourselves of wanting to do this thing we had both talked about and then doing it together makes you want to do it more. So yeah. Yeah. It just kind of, it's not, we came up with that as a fun way to give back to the community.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? So I, I don't know. I'm a guy, I've never ran a hundred mile race. I've ran a couple fifties. I've ran a whole bunch of 50 Ks. I love 50 Ks, but mm-hmm. like, the first 100 you run and i i just in this article which is finn are fantastic it's called i didn't finish but have grown mm-hmm. and you mentioned attempting a hundred miler like a few times can we kind of oh, get into yeah. that experience
1: yeah um so uh, kind of what I mentioned about with my brother, um, passing away, it was a really traumatic experience. And my cousin ended up dying in the car accident with him too. Um, and they ended up becoming tissue and organ donors, which is really great. And I encourage everyone to put a heart on your license. Uh, uh-uh, cause we are able to save lots of other people's lives with their lives. Yeah. But, um, just kind of segueing now back into the hundreds, I had made this goal that I was going to run a hundred miles and do it in honor of my brother. Um, But I was going to start with like a 50 K and then moved as a 50 miler and kind of progress up. Um, and I, I did the 50 K on the year anniversary of his death and I lost like every toenail. I had a blister, on on every toe, I just, for some reason, my body, like, and it still is true to this day, once I get up to 30 miles, I just get blisters, like, crazy, Wow! and I've tried everything, and it's just kind of one of those things, now I'm used to that type of pain, so I just pop my blisters, tape my toes up, and then once they get too full again, I do the same thing and just carry on, it's just, (laughs) it's funny, you just get used to that pain, you're like, meh, whatever, move along, (laughs) um, so, yeah, I ended up, um, Running the or attempting the hundred, and I had like bumped up pretty quick from the fifty k to hundred mile distance. Like I did it within like a year, and I think I just wasn't mentally ready to suffer like that. And plus, I hadn't put like enough of my brother and cousin's um, deaths to rest. So I would be like running through the night, and you're really tired in the hundred in yeah. the middle of the night, and kind of all your demons come out. Yeah. And I would like think about him and like. Everything that had happened, and I would just fall to pieces every time. Uh, And I would have like my my ex would pace me through because he was through he was around through like my brother's death and everything. And he would pace me through, and I he couldn't help me. No one could help me. Friends would like. I would try to do this and that. And it was just, I didn't have the mental willpower yet. And so it took me four yeah. DNFs of 100 miles to actually get one under my belt. And it basically was me just working through what was like plaguing me. Yeah. Um, so it was awesome. It was like another form of therapy. Um, yeah. Besides the therapist I was also seeing. Which, so, which yeah. is
0: interesting because if you told just a random person who've never even heard of ultra marathons, If you told them that the hardest thing about running a 100-miler is the emotional, like, anguish that you're going through, Mm -hmm. they would be shocked. They'd be like, no, wouldn't your legs fall apart or wouldn't you cramp up? No, No,
1: because it's like, uh, you can, honestly, you could run a 100 miles. Like, if you're, like, a fit person, you could run a 100 without even that much training. You know what I mean? Like. You could walk 100 miles without that much training. It's just about keeping your head on straight, you know, and, and taking care of yourself in the process. So it's pretty crazy once you realize the mental and emotional aspect of it and how, yeah, your head does control everything you do.
0: Yeah. What, so what was the 100 miler where you finally, finally completed it?
1: Um, It's actually the Lumberjack 100, uh, which is out in Port Gamble, Washington. And the reason I picked it is because it's a super small race. Um, The race director is a really nice guy, and they have, like, these cute, like – girls from like a local high school middle school like cross-country team and stuff or in track team and they come out and they like run an aid station and they're so cute and so, so supportive <laughs> and they spend the night out there yeah and I just loved it I love that aspect of it and it was like 90 dollars and it was a series of loops um, that are 12 and a half miles and I think there's like a thousand feet of gain in it and I was like okay I'm gonna pick up pick this one it's easy enough. Like, I can do this. It's pretty flat. Like, let's just like keep our head on straight and get it done. And Dick and I had actually been dating for like mm, six months or so when I ran it. And he paced me um, like the back 30 miles. And yeah, he helped me keep my head on straight. And yeah, we got it done. And it was like such an emotional, awesome experience because I'd finally done this thing I'd like set out to do. It had taken me like five years. Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yep. that's we're in that five years and, you know, trying the four other 100s. Were you doing other races at that point, like of different distances?
1: Yeah, I was. Well, before Lumberjack, actually, I was so disheartened because I had dropped out of Cascade Crest 100 um, uh, that I took a whole year off of running. And I was just like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm not running. Yeah. And uh, I just started trail running for fun and, like, kind of rediscovered what it felt like to just run for joy and not run for like a goal. And it was the best thing I've ever done. I became like real live. And I also discovered rock climbing and mountaineering in that point of time and uh, started mountain biking more again and doing cycle cross. And it was like, it opened up this whole realm of possibilities uh and I grew a ton so yeah when I um did lumberjack it kind of just made everything come together and I was like oh so it was all for like a bigger meaning you know like I couldn't quite get it I had to do some more growth and I also got to learn a ton of other cool things in the meantime so
0: yeah that's cool that's the part in the article that I really connected with or your blog post. you, you mentioned basically like being successful at whatever you would try in life and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden ultra running was kind of defeating you or beating you down and oh yeah and how like advantageous that was to you
1: yeah totally um I will be the first one to admit and people from so I grew up in Minnesota so like my Minnesota friends will shake their head yes or my Minnesota family will <laughs> agree um, I was super conceited and full of myself, and thought that I was amazing at everything I did. And honestly, I, looking back at me of you know seven years ago, I wouldn't be friends with me or like me. And in a really awesome way, through ultra running, I have been able to change myself and kind of become the person that I would want to have as a friend. So yeah, it's really awesome to grow. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did you have any? Like, I don't know. I don't want to because I'm from the Midwest as well. Um, I'm also from Iowa, uh, your southern neighbor there. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Do you call know, us southerners, from, first of all? Like,
1: I, southern, no, 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 no. But I always go, <laughs> Iowa, when I'm saying Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> for some reason, that's what we all said. I don't know. I was like, Oh, you're from Iowa. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. But we don't think you're from the south,
0: yeah. Not well, we're we're always like, Minnesota so oh i know kind classic of, yeah
1: classic you put a beer in me you'll hear that accent
0: actually truly come out it's real bad that's hilarious my wife's all of her friends in uh in med school were from minnesota and i mm-hmm. swear she picked just by hanging out with them all day she picked up a little bit of an accent
1: oh totally our uh roommate erica um she when she's around me, it's like all of a sudden she's like, Oh, don't you know Marty, huh? And I'm like, Are are you just like a sympathetic talker? Like you hear me and now you're doing it. So, <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. Pretty cute. Yeah. Where'd
0: you grow up in Minnesota?
1: Um, I grew up in a town called Delano, uh, and it's where I went to high school actually. Um, but yeah, my family still lives out there in that area. Um And I still have a ton of friends out there. Yeah. Uh, I try to get back as much as I can.
0: Do they? So now that you've moved west and you've become this like mountain badass at this point, like, are they able? (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Are they able to kind of like understand what you're doing or are they worried? Or like, what's your parents and. Minnesota friends reactions when you're like, hey, I'm gonna go climb the mountain that I can't pronounce Aconcagua
1: (laughs) That was a lot better that time. Thank you. You you, you pretty much nailed it. I'm working on it Um, (laughs) um well my nieces and nephews call me a uh, uh, mountain auntie, which I think is really cute. That's
0: hilarious. Uh,
1: yeah, and they, whenever I get, like, a card in the mail or a picture, it's always, like, me climbing a mountain at the top, and they're, like, with me doing it. So that gets my heartstrings. Um, but as far as my parents go, I think my mom's kind of learned with me because kind of as I was saying the type of person I used to be, I was very strong-willed, and I always have done whatever I have wanted to do. <laughs> yeah (laughs) um and so i think she kind of just knows me as that moddy and she she doesn't ever hesitate to be like well do you think you should be doing that you know but she tries to be really supportive and loving of me and i really appreciate it and she knows like this has been a huge part of my healing process um from like my brother's death like i mentioned and stuff like that or um, i went through a divorce too so the mountains were like a huge help for me um getting over a lot of the things that I faced with that um and so I think she kind of just knows that it's this is a big part of my life and I need this just as much as I need air so yeah
0: yeah um that I I just think like people who don't fully understand what even like a trail ultra is like mm-hmm. they're just they're worried rightfully i mean you know because they love you but they're oh, worried totally. they're worried about like knee joints and aches and pains and bears oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> when i did the superior 100 um last year because that's in minnesota and my buddy john star camp runs that race if anyone's thinking about running a cool race and wants to do one uh, in the midwest i would highly recommend that because um, it runs along Lake superior it's so beautiful oh that's well. awesome Yeah, it's on the Superior Hiking Trail, and it's actually the place where Dick and I both discovered like trail running and trails. No way, really? Yeah, but at totally separate times in our lives, so I think that's really cool. Um, And we both went back there for the race together, and he paced me through the the night, so it was really kind of cool. But um, I came back after that race, and my feet, because I had run Cascade Crest like two weeks prior, my feet were so swollen, like, I had so much edema. My mom was like, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> like, maybe this wasn't such a good idea, Ann And I was like, okay, mom. Uh. But, um, yeah. So I think, like, they totally do do that, like, the worry, the caution. Um, but at the same time, kind of like I said, my people get it around me. They know that this is so important to me as a person and growth. And, yeah, just this makes life really worth living for me.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's just the time to yourself to really figure shit out? You know? Like, yes. I, I yeah. just think so many people – and including probably me and you when you get super busy with stuff you just don't have that time of just thinking and reflecting and Oh totally. Yeah, and going on these long runs, I mean, you're talking about doing the Wonderland Trail. I mean, that's that's like the perfect opportunity for that.
1: Yeah. And so kind of like the thing with the Wonderland too is like not only is it a good time to think about what I'm doing, but do you know kind of like what it's like when you're running a little bit scared and a little bit nervous? Yeah. It makes you like reflect even deeper and like things that in daily life seem so huge and so intense when you're out there in the woods and you're it's like getting dark and you're like, what eyes are those in the trees? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, was that a bear? Was that a cat? Um, it makes you really think about stuff and be like, wow, was that fight I had with so-and-so really even worth it? Like. Ugh, what 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 was what was I even thinking? Yeah. Um. Or just like oh, when I got really pissed that someone honked it from behind at me in traffic a million times, even though I couldn't go anywhere. You know, I, I always just think about stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, no, like I I can really you know let things go. I can really be a better person. So yeah, kind of where I go with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I always I, I always think back to my friend called me one day. And he's, he lives in Chicago, and he's sitting in, like, a bar. And he's like, dude, I'm just overhearing this conversation between these people. And it was this, like, <laughs> this elaborate plan that this girl had to ask this guy out. And it was like, I'm going to – I saw his cousins going to this concert, so I'm going to go to this concert and all this. Like, it was just incredibly elaborate. And yeah. I was just laughing. I'm like, that girl, like, she needs to be around, like – mountain lions to put things into perspective because she'd realize like hey i'm just gonna like ask the dude out and if it works it works and if it doesn't work it doesn't work no
1: totally totally and some of that stuff too is just coming with time you know yeah so just kind of like with me you know dnfing for 100s it's like i needed time (laughs) yeah so yeah
0: well that's amazing so i mean i guess you did have a higher purpose for running 100 but it just seems like it would be really easy to give up and kind of get down on yourself and think like, I'm never going to be able to run a hundred. So I'm just going to stop. And
1: that's what I did for a year. Yeah. I literally was like, I don't freaking care anymore. I hate everything right now. I'm not doing this. And I stopped. And, and then I like I was really kind of pouty about it for a couple of months. And then I was like, you know what, buddy? Like this doesn't mean you have to quit trail running completely. Like, why don't you just try running for the sake of running again? Like what it first brought you. Yeah. And so I would literally like run around on the trails and like stop and take photos and bring beers out. And like, I (laughs) I would honestly go for long runs and then climb up like a rock face and do some scrambling and just sit at the top of like a little peak and drink a beer and like laugh and like journal. And yeah, it was just, it was a really good time.
0: That's so. cool. Yeah, I love that idea because you know you do get into trail running for because you love it and you love how it's making you feel. But then, just like anything, you can become kind of like numb to that, I guess. And yep. then you just are mm-hmm. doing it because this is what you do, you know. Um, yeah. But that's awesome. I so how many hundred milers have you finished at this point?
1: Four, actually. No, or, there wait, you go. Yeah, four, I think. So hold on. Yeah. Yep.
0: yep. I had to count in my head. Four. Yep. That's cool. So the Cascade, the Superior. Um,
1: Lumberjack 100 yep. and Badger 100. Um, and then I'm going to, this weekend I'm running Lumberjack again. Just because it's like, I'm just curious. I want to <laughs> see how I do. And I'm, I feel like I'm in really great shape right now. And I don't know. It's also kind of cool to see like, hey, maybe I'll PR my original time.
0: <laughs> yeah. That rocks. What, what's the Badger 100 like?
1: Um, so it's out by the Tri Cities and it's like arid desert. Um, and it's like rolling hills kind of a deal. Um, there's one really big, well, not, it's not even that big, but it's like there's like one steep climb and it's like uh, kind of around, I think it's like mile like 18 or something. It's called McBee. Um, And it always kind of just knocks the (laughs) life out of you when you do it because you get up on this windy ridge afterwards and the wind's blowing and you're like, ugh, now I have to run four flat miles on the top of this (laughs) ridge. Yeah. um, But you do um, two out and backs of a 50-mile, or it's like a – I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. Sorry, Jason Rutherford. Your race is great. Um, but it's Yeah, it's pretty much just, like, arid. You run through, like, orchards. You run along the road. It's actually kind of cool. I had originally never wanted to do it because I normally don't like running in, like, desert-like areas. Yeah. This always just seems kind of, like, dry and ugh to me. But um, it was actually a ton of fun, and I super enjoyed it. And there was lots of people I knew there, and my buddy puts it on, and he is the nicest. Him and his wife are lovely. Um, So I'd highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're in my area. It's a great race, and it's like $140 as far as 100-milers go, which is like, oh, steal of a deal.
0: Yeah, well, and and that's funny. Like I guess I I always just think when I record the podcast, which is probably not right, but some people or I always think like most of the people listening to the podcast maybe aren't familiar with a hundred milers. And I think you mentioned the one earlier it was like 90 bucks. And that's kind of like mm-hmm. another misconception you'd think it'd be like thousands of dollars or whatever.
1: Yeah. Like, no, well, I mean, man. Like, a lot of them are kind of in the upper three hundreds for a hundred miler. Um, which isn't bad. Cause it's like, there's a lot of time and prep that goes into these things. Um, and it's, Um, it's not like these people are making a ton of money off of it either to run them. So, um, yeah, I don't mind, but when you see a race where it's like only $90, you're like, well, heck yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Oh, and I was going to say with badger too, I, I had never wanted to run it, but my girlfriend, um, she wanted someone to run with her. And so, yeah, we ran the badger 100 together. So that's kind of what I ended up doing it this year.
0: Oh, that's cool. Do you, do you find that you're the type of person that is just all in on supporting your friends?
1: Yes. I'm a nurturer. Like you should ask Richard that. Cause he's like, what does Maddie need to do? Nurture things. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I love it. And especially cause like she had had trouble um, with finishing a 102. She had DNF'd quite a few and, I don't know. She just had my heartstrings, and we're, we are like best friends. And she's helped me in rough times, like when I got a divorce and stuff. She was there for a lot of mental stability and help, and yeah, I just kind of wanted to return the favor. So that's cool. We we got through.
0: Yeah, how did you support her on the course? Like, what were you doing? Was there any like mental tricks that you were? You were trying? I
1: would say it's the equivalent of, and women will get this, that have had babies, but like a birth coach. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, um was pretty much just like, I would try to be positive, but I also have a really good read of Taryn or my girlfriend that I paced and what she needed. Um, I knew like when to be quiet. Cause if I said something, I would maybe piss her off. I knew when to kind of nudge her a little and be like, you should really eat more right now without making her blow up at me, you know? Yeah, Cause yeah. people get in the pain cave like that. And if she had never gone, I think like once we hit mile 70, she had never been that far before. And you know, when people are really in pain, they sometimes don't act like themselves. And so I just kind of would read her and know what she needed um, and, yeah, just encourage her when she needed it and just talked her through, related to her, t- told her about all the times that I had and felt a similar way. So, yeah. Yeah. It was good. The last ten miles though, I thought she was gonna kill me. She was using my first name as like a curse word. She would literally be like, Marty And I was like, I'm sorry, but you can't walk. We don't have time for this. That's so
0: hilarious. Keep running. Yeah. Yeah. You have you yeah. do have a great first name curse word kind of deal. <laughs> like <Short. laughs> Yeah, like a mom like yelling at their kid name,
1: you oh, know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was uh yeah. My full name is actually Maudie Ann, uh, and my mom would just like always like scream that at the top of her lungs because I was such oh gosh I was so much trouble yeah <laughs> I'm so naughty thanks mom. <laughs> so yeah, gr- growing
0: up in the Midwest, like how you're obviously not doing the same exact you know big mountain stuff you're doing now, but how how were you active then or were you active?
1: Um, like. We always played outside, Uh, so my family also is, like, there's a lot of farmers in my family, Um, and so I spent, like, summers on my aunt and uncle's farms, and um, my grandparents, we stayed there a lot, and, um, yeah, we were always just continually outside, and then I did, I worked a lot of manual labor jobs growing up, too, like, I did landscaping and stuff like that, um, and so I kind of just like always spent like whatever time I wasn't in school working or doing some sort of outdoor activity. Like we fished a lot. Um, I grew up, uh, also like hunting and stuff too. Um, not my immediate family, but like my boyfriend at the time had taught me. And so I, yeah, learned how to hunt, um, yeah I don't know I was in which I don't really hunt anymore but yeah. it was kind of just like something that you did like yeah. I wasn't like now I don't really meet very much or like hardly at all um, yeah. I try to be conservative with things like that but it was kind of just like that's what I grew up around so I was like well I might as well learn how to do this yeah. did a lot of ice fishing and um yeah I also horseback rode um so
0: you were definitely like outdoorsy then
1: yeah, but I was, but I wasn't like an athlete. Truly, like I always played soccer, but I don't know. I just, uh, it was not my strong suit. I gr- I grew up with like really bad asthma, which I ca- have more of control over now. Um, but it just was not fun to me to exert myself because I could hardly breathe. So I was like, ugh. But,
0: yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be too fun. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, nope, not
1: super fun. But yeah, we were always pretty active kids. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Playing in cool. streams, throwing rocks and sticks.
0: <laughs> that rocks? I mean, that's honestly, like, I have two little daughters, and that's their favorite thing in the world, and it's the easiest thing as a parent. You just go next to a stream and let them throw stuff in it. Oh, totally. Or, like, you know, old cardboard boxes. Like, why do people even get them presents? Like, just get them boxes. Oh yeah. <laughs> They'll just, yeah, exactly. Like if there's a string around, they're just like, Oh string, this is so cool. I'm like, what about this thing? We just got you. Um, it. yeah. So I guess like, it, like, are you, I don't know. It's kind of weird to ask, like, cause I know you and I, cause I'm the same way. Like I go out and do all these outdoor activities mostly cause I know it's good for my soul. But do you have like a higher purpose for like you I mean promoting these activities and supporting friends and all of that? Um so kind of like I was
1: saying like 7 years ago I probably wouldn't have been my friend. Um as I've gotten older and like I went through a kind of a traumatic divorce and like lost my best friend sort of a deal um and then rebuilt myself. I sat back kind of looking at what i was and who i had been so far and i was like what am i doing and so i started just to reevaluate like every little action that i do like on a cellular level like how can i create more kindness in the world how can i um you know be more patient with others how can i make someone else's day a little bit brighter um and that's kind of why i do these things now and like the number one, keep me in check. Remind me, like, what's important in life, um, especially when I'm out there in the middle of the night running. And then also, like, number two is, like, the community I've created. With, that also helps create awareness of, like, taking care of each other and taking care of the world and the environment so that we can continue to use the outdoors. Um, yeah, I just, I I don't, I'm not religious. I grew up Roman Catholic, but I I do believe that we're all connected and I do think that we all should help each other where we can um, and put more joy into the world rather than more sadness. So I kind of just do this to like try to keep myself um, up to the standards that I want to see in other people. So,
0: yeah, that's perfect. That's I mean, what better reason than that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, <you laughs> need to enjoy the amazing, wonderful mountains and ocean and streams and rivers and oh gosh wetlands everything heck yeah (laughs) love it
0: so okay so I guess kind of like getting towards the end of the conversation here what uh this is just completely super selfish what is what are some uh like local hidden gems will Um, you reveal them (laughs) yeah you're up in the pacific northwest right
1: oh yeah oh my god and that's almost like a yeah that's a double-edged sword but i won't (laughs) be selfish and hide them i will share them yes um well okay i think a huge hidden gem or like i i want i would more or less say underrated because people know about it okay but the um, I lived in North Bend for quite some time and just relived there when we came back from New Zealand as well. Um, and I just re-infatuated me with the I-90 corridor, which um, so it's past North Bend. Um, you're going East, like towards Spokane, there's this chain of mountains and you go up and over Snoqualmie Pass. But so that, that range between North Bend and Snoqualmie Pass is um, the I-90 corridor of um, the Issaquah Alps, they call them. And the, the mountains are <clears throat> amazing, and they're super close, and there's so many trails that you can just, like, go wild on. And the PCT runs through there. Um, you can follow Section J. And I've just found so many hidden little, like, uh, cow trails out there. And then I, like, end up looking on, like, Caltopa, and I was like, oh, no, this connects to this. And, like, I may have <laughs> to bushwhack for a while, but I can eventually get over there. Uh, it's so awesome. So, yeah, the I-90 Corridor is known about, but I don't think people really get how many trails there are out there. And you can literally go forever. That rocks. um
0: How far is that from, C- like, the Seattle from area? From Seattle,
1: like a 45-minute drive. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um And, well, but that's kind of driving at moddy speed. I will admit I kind of drive like a hellion. But <laughs> <laughs> i am so <laughs> got a lead foot. Um but, uh, yeah, um, but otherwise, another one that's out that way um, off of the Middle Fork is the Goldmire Hot Springs. They're super nice. Um, it's really cheap to stay there, and they're also run by, like, a little private sector that's not – it's not like the Washington Parks Association kind of a thing. It's, like, a little offshoot of it because they're privately owned, I think. Yeah. Um So people live there year-round, and they take care of it, and they only allow a certain amount of people there per night, so it preserves it. But you, like, walk along what's called, like, the Middle Fork River, and then you take this little trailhead, and it's, like, the most perfect hot springs I've ever been in. And I've been in hot springs around the world, and these are, like, these are amazing.
0: It looks cool. I just did a Google image, and I'm like, wow. uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, Richard and I went. Well, we've gone there twice together now. It's kind of become like a little tradition, but we went recently again and we had it to ourselves because the weather was so bad. But we're like, meh, this weather's fine.
0: <laughs> that sounds <laughs> yeah. like just from talking to Richard for the podcast, I'm like, yeah, that sounds exactly like something he would say.
1: Yeah, well, and it was, like, snowing, and it had melted a little bit, and so, like, the actual campsites themselves were, like, full of water where you'd pitch your tent, but they had even said to us, they're, like, hey, if you just camp a little over to the side on that, like, moss, and, like, you're not going to hurt anything, just camp over there, it'll be dry. And we're, like, oh, sure, if you say it's okay, that it sounds great to us. That's
0: cool. Um.
1: Yeah, and we had the hot springs all to ourselves, and it was so amazing. That rocks. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, like... I don't know, as far as like hidden, hidden places go, I can just tell you, I love running around all the volcanoes. Okay. Like it's so much fun. Oh, like Adams, uh, Helen's glacier, Rainier, uh, Baker, just there's, oh, there's just so much to do. That's cool. It's endless. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Are you gonna hike any of them, uh, with, 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 uh, Dick and Calvin this summer?
1: well because they're well that um they're doing you know how i was talking about how a whole like unsupported supported yeah, unsupported, yeah. Blah, blah 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 technically in theory oh technically no one can like join on true. like that yeah um when they do it so no to answer that question <laughs> but um i have some few things up my sleeve for this summer i'm gonna be climbing a lot with some girlfriends who rock climb quite a bit in mountaineer um so we're planning some adventures like i'm i want to do a few that like kind of iconic ones that i haven't done like el dorado i'm also climbing um all the mount Maud peaks in the world is one of my goals i have and i've done one in new zealand and no i way. still haven't got the one in the north cascades yet
0: what a good so, idea
1: yeah yeah
0: that's know, awesome
1: yeah, it's kind of fun. I'm named for my um grand, my two grandmothers, Maud and Diane. That's why my real name is actually Maude-Anne. but I go by Maudie because no one could ever say it my entire life. <laughs> um, and my grandmother Maudie uh was um she recently passed away. Actually, when Dick was running the Bigfoot two hundred the year he won it, um we were, I was pacing him in like the end of the race, and I got this phone call in the middle oh. of nowhere. I was surprised we got reception. They're like she passed away and I in that uh. moment I kind of was like I need to do something for her because she was so amazing and the kindest woman and she raised 10 children like whew. yeah <laughs> so yeah that's kind of one of my goals is to climb all the Mount mods in the world so that's the yeah.
0: coolest goal ever So so far you have the coolest date date night <laughs> the coolest goal because now I'm like I'm just googling Mount Ward for me because <laughs> i was like, I, was like yes. I don't think there's any mount chris you know so there's it's like, gotta be
1: there's there, gotta be honestly you're probably right when, oh my gosh when we were in new zealand we were like we would we climbed all these crazy mountains there's like ones there was like mount barf like Mount, Mount Barf. Barf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the They were just like, well, who's naming these? Is someone just drunk, like pointing at them, like, and that's Mount Barf.
0: That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it's. It wouldn't shock me if there's a Chris.
0: There is. Well, actually, I just looked it up. There's one right by me in Colorado. So Chris Dude, Mountain. you gotta do it. Oh you gotta man. Start doing it. All goals. right, done. Boom. But I'm like Chris Mountain. I guess like that's super lame. Cause I have like a boring name, you know. No. Oh, no. I just as in Google, it this is not even made up. Um, it says Chris Mountain, and then in parentheses it says pornographic actor from oh Hungary. My god. oh my god! <laughs> don't click it. Yeah, don't not don't gonna click, click that. Exiting right now. <laughs> and- computer has a virus um yeah okay so to kind of wrap up the podcast here what if someone listens to this and i don't know i guess if they're stuck in a goal or they they have something they've been trying to accomplish and they just like desperately cannot get it done what what kind of advice would you give that person
1: uh kind of what I say for everything in life. If you're trying something and it feels like you're ramming your head against a wall, take a break. Step back. Like you're not giving up on it, but just take a breather, take a moment and like reevaluate and like make a list of like is this is am I doing this for the right reasons? And then like how am I doing this? What has worked? What doesn't work? How can I make this better? And just like reflect on it for a while kind of like what I did um and I've used that approach that I um used for the hundreds the hundred milers like my year that I took off and just rediscovered stuff I kind of use that approach for everything in my own life now it's like if I'm doing something and it's not working like I need to reevaluate yeah um and it just it makes everything a lot easier
0: yeah definitely well Madi you are awesome and I wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, with thanks. all your adventures coming up i w- i would love to have you on the podcast again especially after wonderland and aconcagua or
1: oh yes
0: <laughs> so so yeah awesome awesome chatting with you
1: totally yeah have a good one thanks oh, for having me on again sorry
0: i'm a bad podcast host here where can people kind of like follow your adventures or read your blogs
1: Um, um, I'm, so I'm not like a pro at any of these things and I don't, yeah, like I don't like try to gain followers, but if you would like to, (laughs) I do have a blog, um, it's just run free, run wild and I'm at WordPress. Okay. Um, and then I do have an Instagram account that's public and it's just run free, run wild again. Uh, and yeah, I just, I post everything and anything on there. Um, like mountain adventures, life struggles, things that have worked for me, things that don't. Uh, or sometimes i just like to be goofy so. yeah
0: it's super inspiring i mean it is like you know you you see someone out there you know getting getting a good run in or or seeing some beautiful area it inspires you it can be oh totally huge it keeps you motivated yeah yeah definitely yep
1: mm-hmm. well
0: thanks for coming on
1: yeah thanks for having me <laughs> all
0: right talk to you later
1: thanks bye, bye
0: that'll do it for the show uh definitely go check out all of Maddie's adventures at run free run wild i promise you will leave reinvigorated to go explore all the pretty places in the united states so uh yeah definitely check that out and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show if you if it was your first time listening be sure to go back or any anytime if it was your second time listening whatever, Uh, be sure to go back on iTunes, check out some of our previous guests. Uh, I've been really honored to be able to share their stories with you guys, uh, and I hope they've affected you as much as they've affected me. So this past weekend, I packed up the wife and kids, and we drove west on I-70 to Fruita, colorado to participate in Jimny adventures trail running festival and i gotta tell you guys it if you've never been to Fruita, colorado you need to drive there immediately <laughs> it has to be one of the prettiest places that we've been to um and you know what? If you're not from Colorado, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, big mountains, snow-covered peaks, probably skiing, okay? Uh, that's kind of like the normal perception of Colorado. But as you get further west, like, Fruta is, I don't know, like 15 miles from Utah. Uh, and as you get get to that area, it's, it becomes deserty and awesome. Uh, we stayed in an Airbnb that uh well and this was a shock to us so we pulled into fruta we had been driving for like five and a half hours because we had to start in colorado springs and we had a a, we have a four-year-old and at times she can be a four-year-old especially if she's out of her routine uh so let's just say the last 30 minutes of the drive were pretty rough um and then my one-year-old just slept through it you know you think that would be the hard one right But anyways, so we get to Fruta. we go through the check-in process and everything, and the whole drive there, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this Airbnb is like 15 minutes away from downtown Fruta." She's like, okay, I can do 15 more minutes in the car. I'm like, me too. We'll be fine. And so we go, we meet my friend Scott, and Scott's been on the show before, Scotty Stark, and his awesome girlfriend, Catherine, we we like hyped up Catherine to our four year old. Cause we're like, she needs something to look forward to and get there. And we're like, Harper fun. Catherine's going to be there. So Catherine became fun. Catherine the rest of the weekend. Um, <laughs> and I type in my GPS, our Airbnb and it's 50 minutes away. And I gotta say at that point we were about to start crying. Uh, and the whole reason I'm telling any of you, like telling this long, ridiculous build up to the story, is we were in such a terrible mood when we put that in our phone and found out it was 50 minutes away, that we were ready to get a like. We drove by the La Quinta <laughs> as we were driving up to the Airbnb, and we're like, we should just pull over and get a hotel room, um, but we resisted. And we, drew, we had to drive through this area in Colorado called the Colorado National Monument. And thank goodness we did because this was the prettiest road I have ever been on. This was definitely the prettiest drive I've ever been on. So we drove up and uh, to try to describe it, you're basically on the edge of these cliffs. There's like spires sticking up. It's kind of like the deserty landscape you would imagine. Um, if you watched like an old timey Western movie, uh, but you're driving up onto this plateau, this Mesa, and there's all sorts of just incredible views. Uh, so long story short, we made it to our Airbnb and it, it went about as well as it could have been. (laughs) So the, it wasn't as far as we thought. And we had, we had to drive through the prettiest area, maybe in Colorado, um, so, yeah, so we got there, and then the next day was the 50K, the uh, Gemini Adventures 50K. And I would highly suggest this race if you're ever in the area or if you ever want an excuse to just come to Colorado but visit somewhere a little bit outside the norm. Um, the 50K het, like went up onto these hills, and as soon as you got over the hill, uh, that was overlooking Fruita and Grand Junction. You just drop down and you're in this amazing canyon cut and forged by the Colorado River. And you just basically like kind of ran up these different, I almost want to say like shelves. So you ran up these different shelves of the canyon. So you started off kind of low and then you ran a while and then you went up a level and then you went back the way you just came. But now you're up a level and then you kept doing that. Throughout the race. And it was awesome, man. I love the race. Uh, I was using it kind of as a practice run for nutrition and a couple new techniques, which you'll hear about uh, next week. I'm going to release an episode with Reed Delman, who is the race director for the Desert Rats. He's a race director of Gemini Adventures. And he gave me some uh, pretty good pointers about hydration and uh sodium levels and things like that so um so I was trying that basically what I did is I just grabbed a whole bunch of salt packets I found at my school and I shoved them in my running vest and every time I filled up a water bottle I would pour a salt salt packet in there didn't taste the best but I got to the last like four miles and I was not cramping at all there was a couple parts that hurt like a like some hip stuff like on the inside of my hip was a little bit sore maybe like a groin was a little bit tight uh but but yeah beyond that i felt great um the last three miles of it like i'm with three miles to go you you you're on top of this mountain and you could look down and you could see the finish line and in my mind i'm like i know there's at least like three miles of this race left and You just switchbacked and zigzagged your way down the mountain for seemingly forever. I'm sure it was only about 30 minutes. But when your legs are a little exhausted at that point and you're just going down, 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 down. And on top of everything else, you can hear the music at the finish line and almost smell the delicious grilled cheese sandwiches. Maybe I was imagining that. But but yeah, that seemed like that part. The last three miles, I was like, oh, evil genius. Uh, just to make it that much difficult or that much, that much, that much more difficult. He decided to do this to us. But uh, but yeah, so I guess on that, on the last part there, this is what I learned. And it was after talking with Madi on the show. Um, so I was trying to apply some of these ideas. And basically, I just kind of learned how to deal with pain a little bit like my muscles were sore I know the difference between an injury and just you know pain do you know what I mean like there's a difference between like actually being injured where you need to stop and just having to push through a little bit of discomfort so I was definitely discomfort discomfortable (laughs) I was definitely had some discomfort and I embraced Kind of the learning how to suffer mindset and the last three miles during that downhill i just went for it i was like hey dude you're in pain but that doesn't you know you're not injured that doesn't mean you need to slow down it just means your muscles are a little bit sore right now but just know in three miles you're gonna be done with this and you're gonna be fine and so i did that went down got to the end uh hung out there for a while chase some kids around that's the thing I don't tell you about dad mode is uh you don't get to just sit around after the race you have to go chase a one-year-old and a four-year-old and all that sort of crazy stuff so uh that was a blast and then I have to say like this was the most encouraging um most encouraging part of the weekend is Sunday morning I woke up and there was like the most minimal amount of soreness that I've ever had after an ultra marathon. Like I felt pretty good besides my sunburn because stupid old me forgot to put sunscreen on the one part of my body that was exposed. And so now I have this tiny strip on my shoulders that is just peeling off and I'm trying to teach this week and my face is peeling like skin is falling on my students and stuff And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. My skin's falling on you. I'm just kidding. I don't know if they've noticed, but I can definitely see like the flakes of skin coming off my forehead and my nose, which is disgusting. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, you know, it's funny. Like I sign up for an ultra marathon and I don't ever, I usually don't run with music or listening to anything. I usually like to chat with other people. Um, This race, I didn't talk with talk that long with too many people besides i ran with scott for about 10 miles so we chatted that whole time but i wanted like that deep thought you know i was like oh man i hope i have some deep thoughts so i can share them on the podcast and as i went i got near the finish line and i'm like dude i've had zero deep thoughts like literally i just had this really dumb tenacious d song going through my head Almost the entire race. And that was it. And then at one point, I literally had the song Oh Sweet Nothing by Velvet Underground going through my head. And that song's literally about nothing. So I had nothing going on up there. It was like in The Simpsons, if you ever saw The Simpsons, where it zooms into Homer's brain. And it's just like... That's what was going on. So... Uh, don't really have much to say except for just, you know, the learning how to suffer mindset and really just at times in an ultra ultra marathon, you're just going to have to embrace some pain for a little bit and you're going to have to be okay with that. Like no going into the event. It's not going to go, it's not going to go perfectly. There's going to be those moments of discomfort and that's what we all sign up for. We're signing up for those moments of discomfort so we can actually train ourselves so in our regular everyday lives we can deal with deal with the things out of left field a little bit easier so anyways that was a long outro uh <laughs> we'll get back at you guys next week i really hope you enjoyed the show and thanks again to Mādi. you rock see you guys